Hello and welcome to the second season of Soul Care with me, Angie Fatal. It feels good to be back. There's been a lot of stuff going on in the world and at least for me, this is a good touchstone, a place to come to where I'm imagining, maybe this is a little weird, but because I'm in my office, which is my bedroom, and the dogs are here cuddled up together on their bed, it kind of feels like you're in my room with me. (laughs) Keeping it clean, people, keeping it clean. But there's lots of good things on the horizon. Last week, I talked to Kelly Stewart Hall, who is in Tomball, Texas, which is outside of Houston, doing all kinds of amazing things with the Renewal Center and Steampunk Juice and, oh, there's things that I can't remember. Anyway, she's amazing. I love her. And for those of you that don't know, um, barring any banning from the airlines, I will be going to Tomball on the 26th of this month, which is the month of March, and I will be doing my meditative archery workshops. So anybody still wanting to catch that in the Houston area, Tomball is literally right outside. So if you are in the Houston area or you're in anywhere in Texas, I know it's a big state, and you wanna drive and come check them out, I only go there once a year and it's it's really a good time. So tell all your friends, if you know anybody that's in that area and they may want to come, there's still some space left, so I'd love to see people. And I also have interviewed Tracy Howe Wispelway. That will be coming up in the next couple of months. I also interview Reverend Smash, Brittany Kane Conley, It just so happens that both of these women lived in Charlottesville around the time of the Charlottesville protests, and I talked to them both a little bit about that. I talked to Brittany more about it because Brittany was involved beforehand, during, and after, along with Tracy's husband, Seth Whispleway. So you don't want to miss those interviews. We talk a little bit about recovery from trauma. They're just, they're just amazing. They're both amazing women doing amazing work. So just stay tuned and there's more interviews on the horizon, but I want to get to it today. So here we go. talk about fear today. It's possible I've covered this before. I don't think um, that talking about it one time is probably enough. It's one of those topics like shame and grief that you can talk about it one time and it just, it's such a vast topic that we're going to end up talking about it again. 
And the main reason I want to talk about fear is because there is a lot going on in our world right now. So much, not just not just around the coronavirus, but that's what I'm going to talk about today. I'm not going to talk about the virus necessarily, but I want to talk about fear. And the main reason I want to talk about fear is fear is a real thing and we get snagged in it because it's real. And that snag is what kind of keeps us spinning. So I want to unpack that a little bit. And I want to make sure that I am communicating clearly that I understand the fear. And it's hitting me at different times. We're talking a lot about it in our house right now because we live in Portland, Oregon, in the United States. And at this point in our city, they're not doing a whole lot. Like, they're not closing down schools and universities. Things are pretty much as they always are. You know, and we're getting updates as far as, hey, we're doing extra cleaning in the schools. If you have a fever, stay home. Don't forget to wash your hands more than normal for 20 seconds. <laughs> Cover your mouth when you cough. Um, eat healthy. Try to get sleep. All of the things that we normally would be doing. But we live you know, three, three and a half hours from Seattle. And Seattle is in a series of different lockdowns. They have more cases. So it's very serious. It's, you know, a bigger city. Um, it's more compact together. And so they've closed, as far as I know, they've closed... Um, all of the universities, maybe. I know they've closed quite a few of the schools. And, you know, they're they're taking it very seriously. So we live very close to a city that that a lot of stuff is happening right now. And a lot of people are very afraid. So I do want to say I understand the fear. It's a real thing. And if you are somebody that has a compromised immune system, I'm sure you are extra frightened. Or if you live with somebody with a compromised immune system, you know, it just takes on, it takes, it becomes a whole different animal than just, you know, a relatively healthy 20-something person is not going to feel the same effects as somebody with a compromised immune system or somebody, you know, that's in their 70s or 80s. So I do want to say, before I get into this topic of fear, I do understand. And I'm also not saying that there isn't reason to be afraid. But I do want to unpack the problem of fear. And so I'm going to get into it. And I'm going to first tell you about a conversation with I, that I had with my son. I think it was two weeks ago. I was at work. He called. And it was a slow time, so I was able to talk to him for a little bit. And 
he started, he's in LA, which is a much bigger city than I live in. And I haven't kept track of, you know, how many people have it because I've just decided to not do that to myself because it's not going to help me to know. And he works in a grocery store. He makes people's food. He's in contact with people from all over the world. He lives, he works in Hollywood. So he's in contact with people from all over the world all the time. And he was saying to me, you know, I'm afraid. I don't really know what to do. I've been washing my hands more. Here's what I've been doing. And so we had this conversation where I kind of just talked him down and I say, said, I understand why you're afraid. I think you can take precautions, you know, wash your hands more than normal, you know, try to eat healthy, try to get rest. If you don't feel good, don't go to work, which I also want to say it's a complicated thing because for some people to not go to work means that they are not going to eat. It means that they are not going to be able to pay, you know, their rent or their car payment. It's a slippery slope and it's easy to say, just don't go to work. But it's a lot more complicated than not just going to work. You know, some of us can take time out. Some of us have jobs where we have a lot of sick days. My husband happens to work in the school district and he almost never takes any of his sick days. So he has quite a few sick days, you know, accumulated and we won't lose money to our, you know, for our household by him taking a sick day because it's paid. But it is not the same for everybody. It is not equal. So I I know for him to miss work means his paycheck is going to be smaller. It means he'll have less money for food, less money for rent, less money for travel, all of that stuff. So it is complicated. You know, so I just was talking him down. And one of the things that we talked about was, you know being anxious about it, something that we have almost zero control over. We only have control really over ourselves and how much control do we really have over ourselves out in the world. I mean, we control, you know, I can control, yes, you know, I'm going to cover my mouth with my arm or, you know, I have a fever, I'm not going out or, you know, what I say that comes out of my mouth, all those things we can control But it is important to realize, and I've talked about this in other podcasts, you know, we do have limited control in our lives and in the lives of other, we we have almost no control in the lives of other people unless we're parenting really young kids. So I, you know, I said, one of the things that we do know is anxiety, being anxious about something like this doesn't help you it's not going to keep you from getting sick and in reality it is actually going to lower your immune system so if you can put things into practice like every time I get worried I'm gonna just you know breathe deeply and say a mantra to myself like I'm gonna be okay I'm gonna be okay you know whatever it is you are going to 
boost your immune system. And I get, you know, it's like when you go, all the women out there, when you go and do a breast exam and they say to you, hey, just so you know, oftentimes we get false positives. And so just be aware that if something shows up on your test, it could be a false positive. So there's no need to worry about it. And then you get a false positive, And then for the next 48 hours, you try to talk yourself down from a cancer diagnosis. Because we're human. It, we're just human. And, and we can't not worry about something. So, you know, I just said to him, do what you can do and try to practice some kind of mindfulness with what you can't control. And so that's, that's what I really want to talk about today. Leaning into fear, you know, like the people going to Costco and buying, you know, I don't know how many rolls of toilet paper are in the Costco toilet paper, but there are a lot, probably like 50 rolls. And that pretty much lasts our family for a month, maybe a month and a half. I'm not really sure because I don't keep track. And people are going into Costco and buying five of those hoarding toilet paper. So that's not going to do them any good. Did that make them more peaceful? Did that make them calmer hoarding toilet paper or hoarding food? You know, there's, there's spectrums here. There's the spectrum of nothing's going to happen. Everything's going to be okay. You know, don't pay attention to any, any symptoms. And then the other end of the spectrum, which is total pandemonium of fear. And out of control anxiety. And what I want for myself is I want to be somewhere in the middle, paying attention to myself as I move through the world, just like I want to do when there's no coronavirus. I want to live. I mean, that's what we've been talking about on this podcast, at least in the episodes that I do. I want to live practicing paying attention in my world. You know, before the season, season one ended, I talked about um, doing the loving kindness meditations. And I've been doing those pretty consistently since then. I think I had been um, almost a month in, maybe a little bit more before the podcast season one ended. And I've been doing it ever since. So I'm over a month in, uh, two months in now. And I'm kind of getting at the point where I'm kind of bored by it. So I think I'm going to switch maybe back to my silence and solitude and switch it up. But I have noticed what it's done. And I think it's one of the purposes of that particular kind of meditation, if you're not familiar with it. It's saying to yourself, may I be safe? May I be happy? May I be healthy? May I live with ease? Something like that. So you go through the meditation, you do it for yourself, you do it for somebody you love or somebody that's been influential in your life, you do it for maybe your neighbor or, you know, somebody that you saw on the street 
and then you try to do it for a di- somebody that's a difficult person for you. And then you also send it out into the universe to all living beings. And so it's given me, I think because I've been doing it so long now, it's really given me this pause button where I'm thinking about other people in the light of, I want you to be happy, I want you to be healthy, and I want you to live with ease. And and that pause button, I guess, is also helping me go through the world in a slightly more peaceful manner. Now, in my mantra that I did this last Monday, that was... Um, I am stronger than I think I am. I am braver than I think I am. I am more resilient than I think I am. I am more fill-in-the-blank than I think I am. I'm not saying that my fear is gone. It's not. I still, you know, I'm laying in bed at night and, you know, because I've been fighting not the coronavirus, but I've been fighting a cold that has led to a cough, so I've been sleeping on the couch so I don't keep Todd awake. And, you know, sometimes when the house is quiet and my mind is not, I have to make my, make my mind quiet. Because me spinning out at night before I go to bed thinking about, is Zion in danger? I'm not there. I'm not there sanitizing his house. I'm not there to protect him. You know, when Brennan goes to school, is Brennan in danger? I'm not at school with Brennan. And let's be honest. If I was at school with her, one, that would be very weird. And then two, I don't have any control. I have no control, you guys. And neither do you. The only thing that I have minimal control of is what goes on inside my head. And catching those snags, that fear snag that keeps me awake last night, you know, kind of starting to spin out again. And then I go, I'm going to be fine. We're going to be fine. Breathe. Take care of what you can take care of. But me spinning out before I go to bed is not going to help me because one, having sleep helps. Trying to limit my anxiety and I know that seems like a catch-22, but by limiting my anxiety, I mean by catching those things that I say to myself when the anxiety spikes. So when I did that mantra, it was again, you know, I'm laying in bed, well, laying on the couch Sunday night, trying to go to sleep. My mind starts pinging back and forth, all the things that I haven't gotten done because I've been sick and I'm going to be traveling to Texas and I, who haven't I emailed? What haven't I done? And I'm going to, I'm going to drop something and, you know, the house isn't going to be clean and blah, 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 blah. And I'm pinging, pinging, pinging back and forth in my mind and I caught myself. And I said, you are stronger than you think you are. Well, first it came first it came you are stronger than you think you are you are stronger than you think you are and I went no 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 I am stronger than I think I am so you know let's be honest it's pretty much the same thing but if I am creating I statements 
inside myself, it feels to me like I'm actually taking control. That this is who I am. I am stronger than I think I am. So I think when we notice those snags, that's the beautiful spot. So I can lament that I still am thinking I'm weak. I still am giving into fear. I still am giving in, in into anxiety. Or I can say, oh my God, you are noticing. You're noticing right away. You know, years ago, it would have taken me, you know, not, you know, not, I would not have noticed instantaneously the fear. You know, maybe I would have ridden that fear for 48 hours. Maybe I would have ridden in that fear for a month. But I have done so much work on noticing and awareness and therapy and mantras and meditations that I am noticing things pretty quickly and that is the beautiful spot. Why not celebrate that? Why not celebrate, hey, you know, 10 years ago, I would have been spiraling, you know, at least two hours before I would have been able to fall asleep and maybe would have never noticed that I, that I actually was spiraling. And now I'm noticing within you know, a minute to five minutes of that spiral happening. And I'm able to get myself out fairly quickly most of the time by just catching myself and breathing and reminding myself that by spinning out of control, it's not going to make this better. By laying here and obsessing, it's not going to make this better. But what will make this better is by me doing what I can do, and that's breathe, remind myself what I have control over and what I don't have control over and that it's going to be okay. Because let's be honest with each other. By telling ourselves it's not going to be okay, does that do any good? I'm letting you answer that, but no, it does no good to say to ourselves over and over and over again, it's not going to be okay. It's not going to be okay. It's not going to be okay. There is power in words. It's like, you know, today my my daughter's been struggling with digestive issues. And apparently I've been struggling with speaking clearly. Anyway, she, she was saying to me, I just have a bad digestion. I just have a bad digestion. And we were on our way to our acupuncturist. um, And she said, I said, you know, make sure that you, you know, tell him what's going on and how you're feeling and what your problems are so that he knows how to effectively help you because he can help you. And she said, yeah, I just need to tell him I have a bad digestion. And I said, I want to stop you there. You don't have bad digestion. You don't have a bad digestive system. It's just not working like it needs to right now. Because there is something that our minds do. We are very susceptible as human beings to believing what we say to ourselves, which is a good thing and can be a bad thing. It's like if I tell myself over and over again that I'm a failure, 
one, I feel like a total failure and I don't feel like a success. Where is success coming in? I've convinced myself that I'm a failure. So what we tell ourselves is really important. And that fear, that doomsday, yeah, maybe it is right. Maybe maybe we will get the virus. Maybe we won't. Maybe we will get it and maybe we'll be fine. Maybe we will get it and we'll get sick. But staying in the fear mind does not bring us peace. And I know it seems, well, I'm guessing because I'm listening to myself, that it seems way too simplistic. But most of the things that help us are really rather simple. They just take time to implement. And those implementations have to be re-implemented over and over and over and over again. It's like today I read this, uh, I can't, can't remember what it was about, but it was like basically some kind of system, why do I have to do this again? Well, why do you have to take a shower every day or if you're like me, maybe every other day or every three days. Um, it's because you get dirty again. You know, we we don't learn something and then automatically it becomes part of our lives. We learn something and then we practice it. And then we practice it and practice it and practice it and practice it. It's like archery. You know, I am better than I was nine years ago. I've improved a lot, but every time, you know, there's more than a two or three week period where I can't get up and shoot, I'm, I'm a little rusty again. Granted, because I've been doing it nine years, I'm not starting at day one when Abraham Burns first taught me. I'm starting nine years in, and there's still lots of things to learn, but for the most part, within minutes, you know, I'm not rusty anymore. It's the same with everything. We have to practice. So coming back to fear, what can you do? What are the steps that you can take to calm your fears? There are practical things that you can do, but I want you to, wherever you are right now, sit down and write down 10 things that you can do right now that will help calm your fear. And I can do that off the cuff right now. Wash my hands with soap and water for 20 seconds every time I go into the kitchen, every time I go into the bathroom, get some Number two, get some Clorox wipes and periodically every other day wipe down surfaces. Step three, or number three, if I'm not feeling very good, even if I don't have a fever, if I have any wiggle room, don't go outside where other people are at. You can go in your own yard and your own, you know, on your own porch, but, you know, try to limit myself try to limit 
contact with other people. Four, eat healthy. As healthy as I can eat. Lots of vegetables, you know, fresh fruits, juice, tons of water. Now, I also understand that is difficult if you have financial restraints. Drink as much water as you can if you have limits to the other things. I can also, you know, take probiotic-rich foods. You know, pickles with live cultures. If you can't get a hold of pickles, vinegar with a live culture in it. Um, Now I want to get to the emotional stuff. When I feel the fear, acknowledge the fear. That's number six. Okay, fear, I see you. I'm afraid right now. I'm not really sure what to do about you. But I don't want you to control me. And depending on where you're at, you know, if you can't do anything about the fear what you can do is slow your breath down. So that brings me to seven. In the moment that the fear strikes, remind yourself to take a deep cleansing breath. Take three. And then different times during the day, whether you're feeling fear or not, deep cleansing breath. When that anxiety comes, when you're feeling your heart race, when you're feeling, you know, nervous and tense, there's, I mean, there's some things that you can do. One of the things is don't drink coffee because coffee, caffeine increases anxiety, those feelings of anxiety. I don't see myself cutting out coffee because that's a whole other thing, but think about that. Think about the things that kind of add to your irritation, to the heightened anxiety, and pay attention to those things and try to limit those things or cut those things out. That's a very practical thing that you can do. The other thing that you can do is when those anxious thoughts come is acknowledge those ancient anxious, anxious thoughts so much like the fear you know if i start to think oh is zion okay is zion okay i can go i'm going to call zion i'm going to text zion and then i'm going to practice you know a mindfulness of may he be safe may he be happy May he be healthy. May he live with ease. Or write my own mantra for him. Be safe. Be calm. Be at peace. Take good care. Whatever makes you feel good and and is bringing good thoughts to the people that you love is going to calm those anxious fears. Now, nine... Be aware of yourself. Be aware of yourself in relation to other people and reach out to other people and just say, hey, I'm kind of worried about this. 
I, I know that there isn't much that I could do, but I could really use any thoughts or prayers, anything, any good energy that you could spare for me, that would really help. Staying in isolation only increases that anxiety and that fear. Now, I'm not saying you have to go out and be around people if that makes you more anxious. I'm just saying reach out by phone, text, social media, and to the people that you know love you and think about you and just say, I could use extra good thoughts and care today. That's leaning in with your true vulnerability. And then 10, you know, check the things that you're doing. There are really practical things. Have you drank water? Have you exercised? Have you ate? Have you meditated? You know, whatever is on your checklist of do these things before you really let panic set in, do those things. Now that's that's 10 off the top of my head. You know, half of those were, you know, practical things that you can do, like eat, drink, clean, you know, sleep. I didn't even put that on my list. And then the other things were emotional intelligence things that you can do to keep yourself present. That's all we can do. The fear will take over if we let it. And finding tangible, simple ways throughout your day to calm your fears is a way to combat the panic that for some people sets in when something like the coronavirus is happening in our world right now. I want to be somebody that is not devoid of fear, but can look at my fear and go, okay, where am I right now? Okay, maybe I'm not at a place where I can reach out to my neighbor, but I am at a place where I can, you know, reach out through social media to a friend or call or text my sister or check in with my kids or, you know, ask Todd for a hug. You know, and then maybe I check in with myself later and I go, you know what, I'm going to go check on my neighbors and see if they need anything. There are lots of different levels. And if we practice this, you know, checking in system and write those things down that we can actually do to help ourselves, when we are in a panic, we can go to our list of 10 things. You might get 20 things, you know, write them down. We can also create like an inner you know, a clap a meter, like if we have an inner meter inside of ourselves that goes that, that we're able to go, okay, when I check in right now, I kind of feel a lot of tension and energy that doesn't feel like positive energy. I need to do something to reverse that. What could I do that would help me feel better? And again, you know, maybe we reach out to a friend, maybe we take ourselves on a walk around the block, maybe we take those three to five breaths, you know, maybe we drink some water. All throughout our day, creating that system inside ourselves that is like, yeah, okay, maybe for five minutes I did let let the panic take over me. But I'm learning and I'm learning to check in more frequently 
so that the panic does not then affect my whole day or my day-to-day or the people around me. Because in reality, if you are functioning in a family system, your panic is not just affecting you. You know, if you're a parent, your panic is then affecting your children, whether you ever speak out loud about your panic or not. Your panic is affecting your pets. You know, maybe you don't have kids, but animals pick up on our attention and anxiety. Maybe it's just affecting your interpersonal relationship with your roommates, your partner, your your spouse. You know, you're responsible for yourself, but you are also responsible for how you are in the world. And the more we are checking in and creating safety and care for ourselves, the more we can create that for other people by just moving in the world as people that are checking in with ourselves. So I would love to hear, you know, out there from any of you, I am really interested in having this be back and forth conversations. Hey, maybe I'll even interview one of you for the podcast. I'd love that. I'd love, you know, podcast with a listener interview would be amazing. But I would love to know if you have any things to add to what you do to kind of check your fear, check your, check not your vulnerability, check your anxiety, you know, I, I have the things that I do, but I love learning from other people. And I want to know what you do to kind of piece yourself out and create space for yourself to like not panic and be at ease in the world. I would love your feedback. So please reach out to me at angiefatal at gmail.com. You can send me an email and let me know what you're doing. You can also reach out to me on Instagram at Angie Fatal Soul Care. You can also reach out to me on my other Instagram at Angie Fatal. I post mostly the podcast stuff on the Angie Fatal Soul Care Instagram. I also have Angie Fatal Soul Care Facebook page. I interact with my friends and people that follow me all the time. So I would love to know what you're doing, what tools you have. Let's share our toolboxes. We're only going to get better and more practiced if we share what we have with each other and what we do when we're, you know, there are people, you know, that listen to this that have really high anxiety and probably higher anxiety than I have. And maybe the things that I suggested don't work for you. I'd love to know what works for you and to share it out with the listeners on this podcast. So please um, let me know how you are. Let me know what you're doing. Let me know how you're coping. Let's help each other through this medium. And um, don't forget that I will be in Tumball, Texas from... March 26th to the 1st. I think I fly back to Portland on the 1st. And I have workshops, meditative archery, mindful archery, teen archery, labyrinth walking, all kinds of workshop um, from the 27th to the 31st. 
And then I will also be in Charlottesville, Virginia from April, when is it? It's April 30th to May 5th, I I think. And we will be at an amazing camp right outside of Charlottesville, Virginia. All are welcome. For those of you that don't know, I'm not only open and affirming, I am proudly LGBTQAI+, proudly, proudly a part of that community, proudly a friend, and I want all of my queer friends to, to come out and do the workshop, share it with your friends. I love you. I want you to have access to the empowering work that I do. And for my straight friends, it's for you too. But I I want to always make sure that I include the queer community because there are lots of things for straight people. Lots of things. We have a lot of things. The world is kind of set up for us. And it is not set up for our friends who are queer. And so I'm always going to lean towards saying, hey, this is queer friendly it's inclusive, you know, I want you to come, I want you to be a part of it. So, that said, check my website for all the information that you may need, and without further ado, I'm going to say, remember who you are, you are worth knowing, you are worth loving, you are worth being in this world. Have a great week. Please subscribe, and share it. And give me a review. Thanks.